So a few weeks ago, if you were here, I preached a message called Stress Relief. Say Stress Relief. Stress relief, because we're talking about like mental health. Pastor Mike talked about it a little bit last week. But I, I didn't get to finish my message a couple weeks ago. So if this is your first time here, it's very easy. All you got to do is go to YouTube. You're going to get the second part before you get the first part. But if you haven't got the first part yet, go to YouTube, type in Crossover Church ATL, and then you could check out the first part of stress relief. I want to read Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says this, come to me, and this is the amplified version, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy burdens by rituals that provide no peace. And I will give you rest, meaning a refreshing of your soul with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciples, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest, renewal, and blessed quietness for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden it's very light. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. You said that it will go forth and it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish everything that you set it forth to accomplish in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our ministry, in our business, in our family. And we give you full power to do whatever it is that you want to do in us. So reign in us, rule in us, but at the same time, love us and give us peace. Teach us something this day. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. Amen. So a few weeks ago I talked about mental health and the effects of stress and anxiety. And there's so much negative things that come from being stressed out. Anybody in this room ever been stressed out? Like, yo, I've been, I've been stressed out. I feel like sometimes, like, I can't get through this or I don't want to do this. And let me tell you something. Stress is the number one reason people want to do this, this thing. I'm about to say it. You ready? I quit. You ever been there before? You're like, yo, I just, I'm done. I'm quitting this thing. I can't do this thing. I don't want to do this thing. It's too hard. It's too stressful. And I am just D-O-N-E. And there's so many physical negative things that happen to a man or a woman who is stressed out. There's a lot of negative things that in the context of health. We talked about heart attacks. We talked about um, high blood pressure, we talked about diabetes, we talked about skin conditions, ar arthritis, depression, anxiety. Maybe I'm saying some things and I'm hitting home with some people that's hearing me right now. And then we talked about, you know, Jesus says, my ways are easy and my burdens are light. And we talked about how do we have stress relief. And the, the greatest man who probably dealt with a lot of the most pressure in the history of the world was probably this man named Jesus. He had people coming at him left and right. Jesus was, you know, delivering people from all kind of stuff, and yet everybody was coming to him for what he can do for them. Like, like imagine this man feeding 5,000, 10,000 people on the side of a mountain. People that were dead were coming alive. People that had cancer were being healed. People that couldn't see, all of a sudden, was able to see. People that couldn't hear, all of a sudden, they're able to hear. Imagine that he showed up in Atlanta. Imagine the hospitals. Imagine all the people that were dealing with stuff for their whole life and couldn't get, couldn't get healed by modern medicine, couldn't get healed by going to the doctor. Imagine how hungry people would be to go see this man named Jesus. Imagine that. And yet, when he was on the cross, he said something that was so powerful. He said, it is finished. When he hung on the cross, he said something. He said, it is finished. And let me ask you a question. 
was anxiety dealt with once and for all? Were there sick people? Were there people, were there people still that didn't know him? Yes, there were. But his role, his job, what God the Father commissioned for him to do, that part was done all except raising from the dead. But he knew he was about to get up three days later in Jesus' name. Amen. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he hung for the penalty of my sin and your sin, because by his stripes we are healed and made whole, he gave us access into a kingdom. Say kingdom. He gave us access into a kingdom where all things are possible to them that believe. Say all things. Not some things. All things are possible to them that believe. See, in the kingdom, it's a little different than the kingdom of this world. In the kingdom, the first will be last and the last will be first. Some of y'all feel like you're being overlooked in life. Some of y'all feel like you're being overlooked at work. Some of you feel like you're being overlooked in ministry. But let me tell you something. You're in a, you're in a good place because in the kingdom of God, the first will be last and the last will be first. The reality is this. God sees you. God hears you, and God has given you a purpose and a destiny on this earth. It doesn't matter what man sees you or doesn't see. It doesn't matter what I see or don't see. What matters is we are here to please God and God alone in Jesus' name. Because you start trying to please man, you're going to be highly stressed out. And you're going to get all this other mess that goes along with that. So we talked about how did Jesus deal with the stresses of this life. People were criticizing him. People were trying to kill him. People were trying to throw him in prison. People were trying to do all kind of stuff to him. And me and you would probably cave under such pressure that Jesus was under. But here's the deal. He was never in a rush. He was never in a hurry. He wasn't like, oh, my time is running out. I got to be over here to heal this person. No, he was just went about his day doing the things that the Father was telling him to do. He always had this peace. His life was kind of always at ease. He had this calmness about him, even though he was under tremendous pressure from the religious leaders, but also the world. Everybody around him wanted something from him. And then he was walking at one point, and he said something that was kind of crazy. It's probably one of the crazier parts of scripture. Did you know that there's some crazy stuff in scripture? There's some pretty crazy stuff. He said, he said something. He said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy to be my disciple. You ever read that before? Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And then think about that in, in the real context. It's like that's what we call cannibalism. Like, I don't want to take a bite out of another human being's flesh and drink another human being's blood. That's kind of nasty. What Jesus was doing was something powerful and very significant. It said right after that, later on in the story, it says that many of his disciples, these, disciple means follower of a, of a of a rabbi at that time. These were students of a rabbi. So if he called these people his disciples, that means that they were following him, trying to learn from him and receive from him. 
But they didn't want to learn the ways of the kingdom. They wanted to receive the things of the world. They weren't following him because he was king. They were following him because he was providing something for them. And so Jesus offended their minds by saying, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy to follow me or be my disciple, only to reveal what? Their hearts. See, their hearts weren't for him. Their hearts weren't with him. Their hearts weren't submitted and surrendered to him. They were there for what Jesus could do for them and not what they can do with Jesus. And so sometimes if we really want to have stress relief, we got to be all in with Jesus for what we can do with him, not necessarily what he can just do for us. So I talked about stress relief principles. The first one a couple weeks ago we talked about was identification, meaning we got to know who we are. The second one we talked about is direction. We got to know who we are want to please. We got to know what direction we're going in our life. The third one was destination. We got to know what we want to accomplish in life. And the fourth one that I finished with a couple weeks ago was concentration. We got to focus on one thing at a time. If we're going to get through this thing called life, we got to take one step at a time. Because sometimes we get so consumed with all the things we got to do in life that it's, it, it, that's what causes stress. And so my next point I want to jump into is Jesus had this principle down pat. And if we're going to really have stress relief, if we're really going to learn from the ways of Jesus and not just have the things of Jesus, we got to understand the context of meditation and prayer. The Bible says early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house. Now let me be honest and real with y'all. How many of y'all actually get up when it's dark outside? You don't got to raise your hand. Don't. I don't like you if you're going to raise your hand right now. I don't like you. I'm joking. But early in the morning, before the sun came up, Jesus got up and what did he do? He left the house. Now, I don't know what your house looks like. But if you got kids in your house and your kids are awake when you awake, you ain't going to have no time to meditate and pray to Jesus. Because your kids are asking you for cereal, pancakes, to turn on Power Ranger, whatever else they watch nowadays. I don't know what they watch. Jesus left the house and went away to a secluded place where he was praying. It says that in Mark 135. And so my question to you and to me is, what does our secluded place look like? It could be in the context of your house. It could be somewhere where you go that, you know what I'm saying, that I'm just going to meet with Jesus. I'm just going to talk to Jesus. Jesus got up early in the morning before everybody else was up. He probably did that because he didn't have no quiet time like he had at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., whatever time it was that he got up. There's probably people running around the house cooking and, you know, kids playing. He often, all the time, sought out time to pray to the Father, the fifth principle of stress management. The first one for the day is meditation. We got to make it a habit of personal prayer. We got to make this a habit. 
This isn't like we just do it over our food or we just do it in the morning. We got to have a habitual habit of praying and seeking God in the middle of the day, in the end of the day, at 1 o'clock, at 4 o'clock, at 8 p.m., at 1 a.m. Prayer is a gigantic stress reliever. It really is. A lot of times we run to substances like alcohol or other substances to try to relieve stress. And all it does is cause more problems when all we got to do is get at the feet of the Lord and start talking to him in prayer. No matter how busy Jesus got, he made it a practice to spend time alone with God the Father. If Jesus made time for prayer when he was super busy, how much more do me and you got to make time to pray to the Father every single day? We have to prioritize our quiet time with Jesus. Now, let me be honest with you. Let me get a little transparent moment from your pastor. This thing right here will keep you super busy, super distracted, super, come on, you won't come preach this message over here, come on. Super stressed out if you let it. But there is something on here that I use a lot, and it's not, I mean, I do use social media, but there's this thing called Google Calendars that I live by. If I don't put it on my calendar, it probably doesn't happen. Or if I don't put it on my calendar, I forget that I got to do it. I don't know if y'all are like me or not. But why do I not, even as a pastor, I'm just being transparent for a second. Why do I not prioritize to the point where I'm putting it even on my calendar prayer? Like I do pray. I do wake up in the morning and pray. I do pray at night. But I'm being convicted even as I'm preaching. Let me tell you, I'm preaching to myself right now. I need to have such a priority that I'm putting it even on my calendar. Not in a religious way, but just as a way to remind myself like, hey, pause for a moment and pray. Even in the context of work. Right? You might work a nine to five. You might work where you're busy. You got a bunch of stuff going on. And it might be a little reminder on your phone. Bring! Is, was that how the reminders go? How, whatever reminder sound you got. And it's like, don't forget to pray. I might do that. After today, I might set reminders on my phone four or five, six times a day. Don't forget to pray. And I'm not talking about praying some long, drawn-out prayer. I'm just talking about talking to God. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Well, that means just going about your day, talking to God as you go about life, as you go about doing whatever it is you're doing. You can still talk to God. Jesus did it. But at the same time, Jesus made time to break away from the crowd. And so prayer could be throughout the day, but prayer also has to be in that quiet space. Because we have so much noise and so many voices that we got to get alone with God so we could decompress from life's stresses. We could talk to God in prayer and tell him what's on our minds. We can listen to what he says to us because prayer is communication, meaning it's a two-way road. We talk to him and he talks back to us. But sometimes there's so many voices bombarding our ears that we can't hear. That's the reason why we got to break away and go to a quiet place. Listen to what the Bible says, Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. A lot of our problems come from the inability to be still. We just don't know how to be still and be quiet. 
Some of us, we get so uncomfortable when there's no noise in the room that you turn the TV on or you turn the radio on or you turn, you know, white noise on is what we call it. Because we need to hear something because it's, it's weird and we get uncomfortable when it's still. But most of us don't even know how to be still. We want to be on the move. We want to do something. I'm like that. I like to do something. Me and Tammy go on vacation. She wants to sit by the pool or sit by the beach. How many of y'all like that? Say, yeah. And I'm over here like I'll do that for a few minutes. I'm like, all right, what's next? Let's go do, you know what I mean? Let's go. My mind is so used to like I want to do something. I love, I love the way the message Bible puts it. Psalm 46.10. Check this out. Step out of traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics and above everything. Step out of traffic. Sometimes it's hard to step out of traffic. I'm going to show my age for a second. Y'all remember that game, Frogger? All the old heads are like, yeah, I remember that game. Frogger was a little frog that used to jump across, you know, and there was traffic, and, and if you didn't jump fast enough, the car would run over the little froggy. Oh, and you die. But we, as sons and daughters of the kingdom, have to step away from the traffic of the world, a.k.a. the rat race of the world. We want to win the race a lot of times, so we're constantly going. We're constantly moving. But God's saying, step out of the rat race. Step out of the traffic. Spend some time with me. We need to start our mornings in that still, quiet place with Jesus. Then periodically through the day, continue to talk to him and pray to him. This is what's going to recharge us spiritually and physically. Keeping connected to God is vital for stress relief. Amen? The next principle is this. You're going to like this one. This is probably one of my favorite ones. Relaxation. Yes. Look at what Jesus said to his disciples in, in, in Mark 6. He says this. Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. Now, let's just be real. Let's all be real for a second. How many of y'all ever gotten so busy in life that you don't even have time to eat? Don't got to say it. Think to yourself. You know what I mean? You're hustling, you're working, you're doing your thing, and then you look at the clock, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even eat today. And it's like 6 p.m. Listen, Jesus told his disciples, come away by what? By yourselves. Sometimes every time you want to go relax, you invite somebody to go with you. And it's just as stressful as getting away with, with all your friends. You know what I mean? Like, you, sometimes you got to go somewhere by yourself to a secluded place and rest a while. Why do you say that? They were busy. People were coming and going. The crowds kept getting bigger and bigger. They kept having more things to do. Jesus didn't say to them, come on, pick up the pace, disciples. We got more work to do. You got to work harder. You got to keep it going. Jesus didn't say that. He said, come away by yourselves and rest for a little while. And the sixth principle of stress management is relaxation. You have to take time to R-E-S-T. Jesus looked at his disciples like, yo, y'all need a break today. Y'all need to chill a little bit. You need to get some rest. 
lay down. So they got in the boat, and they went to the other side of the lake, and they went to the desert to rest. Now, I don't know if I want to rest in a desert, but hey, to each, to each his own. Some people like the beach. Some people like the mountains. Some people like the lake. Some people like the desert. One reason why Jesus could handle stress is he knew how to relax and he knew how to rest. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus didn't get anything done. There, are, there is such thing as a slothful spirit. There is such thing as all I want to do is rest. That's not what he's, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about in the midst of the grind, in the midst of the hustle, you got to learn how to pause for a moment and you got to learn how to decompress and you got to learn how to rest. Rest and re recreation in life is not an optional thing. And I'm not saying you got to go on vacation around the world. I'm not saying you got to go to a beach. Sometimes rest means going into your backyard and sitting down for an hour. Sometimes rest is getting in a book and reading a book. Sometimes rest is going out for a walk in your neighborhood. Sometimes rest is going to the beach or going out with family. But the reality is sometimes I go on vacation and I come back from vacation and I need a vacation from the vacation. And it wasn't rest. Let me just be real. Sometimes we go on vacation to rest and it's not rest. And so you got to figure out what rest for you really looks like. And that's not saying that you don't have to work. That's saying in the midst of working, you got to find time to rest. Rest is so important that he put it in the Ten Commandments. It says this in Exodus 31, on the sixth day, it took six days of work may be done. But on the seventh day, there's a Sabbath day, a day of rest, holy to the Lord. The Sabbath was, Sabbath was made because God knows that our physical, emotional, and spiritual beings demand rest. If God rested on the seventh day, we need to rest as well. You need to have a day of rest or a few hours of rest. And a few, you like, Scott, I can't take a day off. That's okay. You can take an hour off here, an hour off there, and an hour off here. You still have to find time to rest. Jesus survived stress because he knew how to rest. He knew how to get away from the crowds and the, and, and the rat race to be able to sit at the feet of his father and talk to him. That brings me to my last principle of stress relief. The last principle is this. It's dedication. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you are weary. All you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are very light. Dedication, meaning give your stress to Jesus. You can give it to him. Notice in the passage, or this scripture, there's two action words. I'm going to give them to you right now. He says, come and take something. Come to me and take my yoke upon you. Now, when I say yoke, some of y'all might think of eggs. Like you eat egg whites and there's the yolk in the middle of the egg. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about this this piece of wood that they used to put over the ox. It was like a collar. 
And they used to put over the ox because the ox, they would use it in farming. And the older ox would stand next to a younger ox. And they would yoke the two together. Meaning, wherever the older ox would walk, because he knew how to walk in a straight line, he was trained to do the work that he was supposed to be doing. And so they would put this piece of wood over the older ox's neck, and the other piece of wood would go over the younger ox's neck. And the wood was pretty heavy. Can you imagine like a beam of a tree being on this oxen? But the, the cool thing about it is the younger oxen didn't have to carry the majority of the weight because he was smaller than the bigger bull. And so when they put it on him, the young oxen would just try to walk this way or you try to stop or he would try to turn around, but he couldn't because he was yoked to the older oxen. And so when, when the farmer or when the, the guy who was treading the grain would, would say, all right, now it's time to go, the older oxen would start to walk and it would pull the younger one with them. And so the younger one would learn from the older one because he was yoked to him and he didn't have to carry the weight because the older one would carry the majority of the weight. And when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, what he's saying is, I want, to I want you to attach yourself to me. Come under me because I will carry the majority of the weight. And listen, he says, learn from me. The only way we learn from him is when we yoke ourselves to Jesus and we walk with him. When he stops, we stop. When he moves, we move. When he goes left, we go left. Yoke yourself to me. Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. See, this is, this is an option. Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force you to do anything. You can keep your stress if you want it. You can keep the anxiety if you want it. You can keep the depression if you want it. But he's saying, listen, that's not the fullness of what I have for you. That's not my abundant life for you. I've made you in my image. You are my daughter. You are my son. You are special. You are a man and a woman that I love. And I don't want you walking in halfway freedom. I want you full of freedom and full of life, full of joy, unexpressible. In the midst of the trials and tribulations, you can have peace that transcends all understanding. In the midst of feeling pain and pressure from the world, from work, from your boss, from your family, from all of the stuff, You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden, Jesus says, is light. So we got to give our stress to Jesus. We got to come to Him first and we got to take something. We got to receive something. If you want to receive relief of stress today, you got to come to Him. Look what he says, and I will give you rest. There's a, there's a great exchange. you got to come to him, and he's going to give you something, and it's called rest. It's called peace. Christ didn't say, come to me, and I'll give you guilt. Come to me, and I'll give you more stress. Come to me, and I'll give you a lot of worries. No, he didn't say that. He said, come to me, and I'll give you rest. I want to remind you today of that promise that is for you. He'll give us rest if we come to him. But he also says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
Some of us are like that young ox. If you take the yoke off, the young ox will just start to run in any direction that he feels like running in. And that's what's happening with us. We've unyoked ourselves from Jesus. And we run in all these different directions because it's fun. And that's what everybody else is doing. Listen, I don't care. There's a scripture that says broad is the road. And everybody's walking down that road. The reason why everybody's walking down that road is human nature is we follow what everybody else is doing. We go the path of least resistance. We go the easy way. Broad is the road. Many people are walking down that road, but it leads to what? Destruction. That road leads to destruction. I've been down that road before. I don't want to continue traveling down that road. Many of y'all have been down that road before. But he says, narrow is the road. But very few people walk down that road. But this is the road that leads to life. You hear me? And so when we unyoke ourselves from Jesus and we go about our own way, we try to build our own kingdom, we try to do our own thing. We wind up lost and in destruction. But when we yoke ourselves to him, you're able to say, Lord, it's no longer I who live, but now you who live in me. I don't want to lead my own life. I don't want to figure out my own way. I don't want to do nothing that I want to do. I want to do everything that you want me to do. I want to be radically obedient to the voice of the Father in heaven and do whatever it is that you want me to do. I'm not afraid. I will serve. I will love my neighbor. I will love you. But I'll find time to rest. I'll find time to pray. And I'll find time to say yes and yoke myself to you because I am dedicated to the call. Then he goes on to say this, and I close with this. He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Mm. You'll find rest for your souls. All of us carry burdens around in this life. Some are heavy, some are awkward, and some hurt physically, emotionally. But he promised us that if we come to him, take his yoke upon us, we'll find rest for our souls. And I don't know about you. I don't know if this is something that you need. I don't know what you're struggling with or what you're dealing with. But I do know it's accessible today to you and to me. So do you need rest for your soul? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. You said that we could come to you. to you and meet with you. And we could take something from you. And what we're going to take is your yoke. We're going to submit ourselves under you and your lordship and your kingship. 
and walk where you walk. And stop when you stop. And say what you say. But there's a great exchange that happens when we're with you. You said that your ways are easy and your burdens are light. And so what you did on Calvary has given us access into you and your kingdom. And so I pray for those that are carrying stress, carrying anxiety, carrying hurt, carrying pain, carrying depression, carrying any, any type of mental disorder. I pray that we give that to you right now. Just talk to him right where you're at. Just say, Jesus, I give you whatever it is. I give you my stress. I give you my anxiety. I give you my fear. I give you this relationship. I give you my, my job and my boss and whatever's causing all these stress. Just talk to him right where you're at. Just meet with him for a moment. saying, come to me. I will give you rest. So I thank you, Father, for supernatural rest, supernatural peace. You said in your word that you've given us the mind of Christ. Hmm. Lord, we come to you right now, and we trust you right now, and we want to learn from you right now. So have your way in her heart, in her mind, in his life. Whatever doesn't exist in heaven cannot exist in them. In the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you for real freedom, real peace that transcends all understanding, God. That real abundant life, Lord. Help us to walk this thing out every single day. We want to be a reflection of who you are. Not a broke down, worried, stressed out, depressed Christian. Lord, in the midst of the battles, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of all the things of this world, we'll be able to stand and not be afraid. I pray for those that need a miracle in this room, facing something impossible. You said in your word that we can speak to the mountain and command it to move, and it will move in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Father, that mountains, even right now, are moving in Jesus' name. Come on, you need to start to speak to that mountain right where you're at in your seat. You need to speak to it and command it to move in the name of Jesus, and it will move. You got to start to believe the promises of God for your life. You got to start to declare those over your life in the name of Jesus. We command these mountains to move. Lord, I rebuke all things that are of the devil. I rebuke all things that are of Satan. You said in your word that you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And so we bind up any addictions. We bind up anything that is exalting itself against the true knowledge of God. And I speak freedom to those that have been captive, Lord God. Captive to depression, captive to fear, captive to anxiety. No more in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak freedom over every person that is in this room in Jesus' name. Hmm. Let me speak to the men for a second. Let me pray for the men. 
Ladies, I need your help praying for the men. God is calling us to a higher place as men. The higher place is a lower place in the kingdom. You got to cast off all cares, all fears, and step into the fullness of what God is calling you to do as a man of God. He's calling us to the front line of the battle where fiery darts of the enemy will be wheezing by your ears. But he's saying, be of good cheer and be courageous. For I've given you the shield of faith that will quench the fiery darts of the evil one. I see you as a man with a sword in your hand, swinging a sword around in the context of battle. And the Lord said, I'm giving you eyes to see and ears to hear what is really going on in the world. Stop believing the lies. Speak the truth, which is the word of God over your life and your whole family. And watch what I'm about to do. I will cause you to run. I will cause you to raise up in the midst of trials and tribulations to declare the goodness of God. And where my name be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself, says the Lord. So I thank you, Father, that lines are being drawn in the sand again. You're separating the wheat from the tares in this hour. Let these men lead this church as grains of wheat that will fall into the ground as a seed and die, but yet will be birthed up and multiply the grain all over the earth, Father. Lord, I thank you for the ministry of multiplication that is at work in the men of God in this church, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, for the soldiers in this church, Lord God. Right now, God, I feel faith rising up in the men in this room right now in Jesus' name. Let your faith arise, Lord God. Let your faith arise, Lord God. Holy Spirit, baptize us afresh and anew with Holy Spirit and fire, Lord God. Burn out everything that doesn't represent you. Have your way. Have your way. The city is waiting for the sons and daughters, the ones who will worship God in spirit and in truth. The world is waiting. And I don't know about you, but I'm stepping all in. And I want to ask you a question. Will you step all in with me? Will you step all in with me? The enemy's shaking, trembling. Because he's afraid of what a real a church looks like when they step into the fullness of what God wants for them. The city of Atlanta has yet to see and hear what God is about to do, Father. Lord, I pray for tremendous kingdom fruit, God. I pray for salvation for the lost, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, for healing for the sick, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, dead things come to life in Jesus' name. Demons be casted out in Jesus' name.
Mm. I pray for real city takers to rise up for times such as this. Mm. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We cast our cares and anxieties on you, God. For you are our stress reliever. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We all said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus.